Hello, everyone, and welcome on into the Betting Pros Podcast. I'm your host, Thomas Viola, and we have a very special guest today joining us to break down the NBA Finals and Stanley Cup Conference Finals. It is none other than Scott Spritzer of Doc Sports. Scott, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Thomas. Thanks for having me on the show, man. It is an absolute pleasure to have you. Um, it's been great. I know it's been a while since I've seen you personally, even though we're both out here in Vegas. We got to catch up sometime soon. But right now, it's one of the best times in sports. We've got we've got the playoffs in full swing. We're, we're at the end now. We're at the end of the line. It's the NBA Finals Game 1 this Thursday, the Warriors versus the Celtics. I had the Warriors pegged from the preseason as my as my finals winners. Unfortunately for me, I didn't take out on a ticket on it when I could get a decent price. And well, now here we are. Should have stuck to my guns. But Celtics a little bit of a surprise to make it to this point. Almost, I feel like I think they match up fairly well here. What are you seeing in the series? Yeah, I mean the Celtics. You know, they were basically a 500 team for a good chunk of the first half of the season, and then really caught fire. And everybody started believing in this coaching staff, started picking their roles and sticking to them. And here they are. And in fact, if you look, because of that great run since the break, they became one of two NBA teams, Thomas, to finish in the top five in both offensive and defensive efficiency this season. The other was the Phoenix Suns, who obviously flamed out. Uh, in the in, in their playoff series. But when I look at the Celtics and I see that the price is around plus a buck 40, plus a buck 50 in that neighborhood as far as the series, I, I think they are the value here. I, I think there's a good shot that they can steal a game here at Golden State. I don't think they're going to win game one, by the way, and I'll, we can talk about the individual game in just a minute. But uh, I think stealing game two is a distinct possibility for this team. And of course, I would not be shocked if they win game one. But when I look at the full series, I mean, everything Golden State wants to do when they have to go a little bit bigger uh, to counter what Boston can do with their bigs, Boston just can do better. I mean, you're talking about guys who normally play a big game as opposed to what Golden State's doing. Uh, So you're talking like, for instance, when when you look at uh, Looney, for example, for Golden State, you know, they've got Robert Williams the third. They've got Al Horford. These guys, you know, can each take their turns slowing down Looney. In fact, they can go probably three or four deep when you throw in like Grant Williams into thing into the into the mix. They can actually go deeper to help slow down Looney if anybody gets in foul trouble. The Boston Bigs, and I think a guy like Looney, and of course a couple of other players like Poole, uh, Wiggins, they all have to take their game to that next level. Thomas, I really believe that if they're going to win this series. And then you got Marcus Smart, and I'm not the first one to say this. It's been reported a few times. But when you're talking about a defender who plays on uh, an opposing player, the closest defender in that metric, Steph Curry struggles against Marcus Smart hitting 29% of his field goal attempts. That's the lowest he shoots against any defender in the NBA. And so when you look at Marcus Smart, if he stays healthy throughout this series – He's going to spend a lot of time chasing down stuff, and he's proven he can handle the job. So from a series standpoint, man, Tatum, Brown, that combo. I saw a stat today, Thomas, that those two at the age of 25 or younger have more playoff wins as an all-star combined combo than anybody in the history of the NBA, including Magic and James Worthy. I mean, that's some pretty serious stuff. So they get over the lack of experience in the finals and that big experience advantage that Golden State has. Uh, maybe have a a little tough time in game one and then come back to win the series. For me, I'm actually waiting. I want to see if I can get a Golden State win in game one and then come back and play Boston in the series after that with a little bit bigger price. 
I, I completely agree with your analysis here. I'm personally still on Golden State to win the series, but I, when I came into this, I was looking at that series with Miami for the Celtics, and I think just like everyone else in the public, I was wholly unimpressed with the fact that they couldn't put the heat away. It felt like they should have been able to handle them sooner. And we get to this matchup, and I'm like, okay, well, Warriors are going to sweep them. And then I started looking at the stats, just like you said. And you have to go, hang on a second. This team matches up really, really well with Golden State in a way that we haven't seen in their last round because the Mavericks, they were really able to do exactly what they want. And that's play small ball and still win the rebound game. You're not going to be able to do that against this Boston team. And the matchup to me looks a lot more like their matchup with the Memphis Grizzlies round prior that recency bias makes us kind of forget now. The Grizzlies very nearly came out with that series. They, right. the, the matchup is very bad for the Warriors. I still kind of like them to win in six. They're, they're still going to be my pick. I think, that, like you said, that experience they have, they're mm-hmm. able to get it done. But this isn't going to be a walkaway series like some people are thinking. Yeah, I mean, a six-game series for Golden State, you're probably talking at least probably four of those games being close. You know, at least maybe more, maybe all six games. So if they do win, I do think just like if Boston wins, there's going to be some close games involved. Um, and, you know, one thing you mentioned about Dallas, they kind of had their way with Dallas Golden State. And that's something they have not faced in this postseason is a lob two guy on the offensive end in the paint. And if Robert Williams the third is able to stay healthy, uh, this will be the first time they face that in the entire postseason. Now, Golden State and Steve Kerr have so much experience that they could probably, you know, if anybody can, they can figure out a way to overcome seeing something brand new that they haven't faced in this particular postseason. But uh, that's something they're going to have to deal with also. It'll be interesting to see how that works out because Robert Williams III is that guy who can take those lobs on offensive end in the paint and and do things that Golden State has yet to see. Yeah, they caught a break, I thought, with Dallas Thomas. I, I really didn't think Dallas would make it there. I thought that was more of the ineptitude of what Dallas faced before playing Golden State more than it was the Dallas Mavericks. I'm not one of those guys who jumps on Luka Doncic and says, oh, he doesn't play defense. I think Luka Doncic is a decent defensive player. Obviously, he's all world when it comes to the offensive end. That team needs another playmaker. Brunson came and went, you know, in that series. So, yeah, this is going to be the toughest test, yes, yet obviously uh, for the Warriors and for the Celtics too. But, uh, you know, I I thought that the fact that they have such a disadvantage – and experience. Remember now, Boston's combined players, starters and bench, have zero experience when it comes to the finals. Not a single player on this team has stepped on the court in an NBA finals. And because of that, I decided to make it a seven game series in my prediction with Boston rather than a six game. So, you know, maybe I'm getting a little bit too excited here. I'm watching these matchups, Thomas, and maybe Golden State eventually does come through. But uh, again, I'm going to wait and see what happens in game one. If I can get Boston at a, uh, even a bigger price if they lose game one, then I'll be jumping on them for the series. And I'm looking here at some of these uh, at some of these potential predictions. DraftKings has the Warriors in seven at plus three ten. That's actually their favorite outcome for this series. Here they have Boston winning in uh, Boston winning in seven is plus six fifty right now. You can get the Warriors in six at plus five fifty and Boston in six at plus three seventy. So. They're definitely expecting a long series here, just like you are. Yeah, and I think that's the way it's going to go. I think if Golden State wins this series, they're just they're going to have to figure out a way to make those adjustments to the matchups I just mentioned. On the flip side, if you're Boston, you can't lose Marcus Smart or Robert Williams for a couple of the games in this series. You're going to lose the series if those guys are not healthy enough to play. 
uh, each and every game. Uh, and again, you're going to have to make adjustments for being at a level you've never been to before. Saw this great interview with Kendrick Perkins. He was talking about when he played with Oklahoma City. And he said, you know, we were all just happy to be there. And he goes, there's so much that Boston's got to figure out that they've never done before. He goes, you're thinking about tickets for your family and friends. He goes, those are the things that you're thinking about as a newbie to the finals. So listen, Golden State knows how to handle all that. That's why one of the reasons besides having home court to start this thing, why they're favored. Meanwhile, you know what Steph Curry is thinking about right now? What's that? There's a video that came out today of him walking out of a golf galaxy. He just got his clubs regripped. Oh, nice. I hadn't seen that. <laughs> the man's yeah. cool as a cucumber, man. He knows what to do when it comes to getting ready for a series. Clearing his mind, I would guess. Yep. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm fully admitted a Golden State Warriors bandwagon fan. I can't <laughs> pretend that I have a deep connection to the team. But back when I lived in the Bay Area, sometimes I got handed tickets to games. And what are you going to do? Not go and not support them? <laughs> I, I love to see how fun their style is and how much fun it is watching them play in a way that we haven't gotten to see in recent years with all of the injuries. It's excited to have, it's exciting to have them back and Mm -hmm. being kind of what they were without being a total super team where you just go into a series like this, assuming that they're going to walk all over their opponent. Like you said, I think it's going to be very interesting. Mm -hmm. And as we get into game one specifically here, the line right now, Bettingpros.com has the consensus line at Warriors minus three and a half in game one. 67% of our betters at bettingpros.com that have put in tickets have the Warriors in that spot. The totals at 211 and a half. 83% of the bets on our website are on the over. And 56% of the betters like Warriors money line minus 165. The Celtics dollar 40 dogs in the first one. Like you said, you expect the Warriors to come out in game one on top. Is three and a half too many points though? No, I don't think so. I think, you know, and I lean towards the Warriors in game one. I mean, if you, for those watching who haven't heard of this stat yet, if you look at the last 81 NBA playoff games, the straight up winner has covered 72 of those 81 games. So it's almost, you know, you pick the winner. We'd be sipping on uh, Mai Tais right now on the islands of the South Pacific, Thomas, if we played all 81 of those games and knew who was going to win straight up, we'd be 72 and nine right now, not really caring about anything that's going to happen this particular finals. Uh, But when I, yeah, I'm not shocked at all. What did kind of surprise me a little bit is I'm going to say it was probably about 2 p.m. Eastern time on Tuesday. I saw, I got about 25 books on my screen on my, Uh, line service. And I saw one book go to four and within 20 minutes, it was back to three and a half. So we've seen this line open as low as two when it first came out in a couple of locales, get basically to three and a half on Monday morning and settle there everywhere, except for that one outlier. When we saw it go up to four and again, like I said, it was bet back down within 15, 20 minutes of getting to four. But when I saw that, I'm like, wow, is this going to start a little trend here? Um, You know, there are some bookmakers out there who are babysitting lines and they see a line go from three and a half to four and they panic a little bit and they switch theirs to four. Not all of them, but a few. And and I I thought, man, let's see if this starts a trend, but it didn't. It came back down. Uh, When I break down the game itself, besides the fact that I just mentioned you kind of pick up straight up winner in the NBA playoffs and you cover the point spread, I think that the experience of going into game one that we just talked about for the series really comes to the forefront in game one. It's Boston's first time in the finals. They got to kind of figure things out. Uh, This team as an organization in playoff game ones over the last several years, like the last 19 games, they're, you know, about 30, 35% against the spread in game one. 
And there's a really good angle that goes back almost 20 years. I'm not a big trend and angle guy, but when it comes to this kind of stuff, I, I kind of am when it gets this deep in the playoffs. But if you go back almost 20 years, if you play on that Western Conference team, if in game one they have the better record than the Eastern Conference team, they've won like 13 in a row. And they've won those games by double digits per game. It hasn't even been close on average. And in this particular spot, again, I think this is when you're going to see Boston's inexperience factor show up more than any other time in the post in the finals. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those situations where, yeah, Golden State lacks the interior defense at a level that Boston plays and they got away with it against the teams they faced thus far. But I don't think it's going to rear its head in this game. I think this is going to be a real feel it kind of game for Boston where they got to get their feet wet with nobody having experience in finals play. Uh, eventually Tatum and Brown, I think, you know, they, they just get back to being big. They, I mean, Tatum's at that point now where he's like superstar level, obviously, you know, so I, I just think he's going to be able to carry the team, but not in game one, Thomas. So there's my roundabout way of saying that I do like Golden State. I like him minus the three and a half in this particular game. And if you're, if you're looking to get a price on the Boston Celtics to win the entire series, you're honestly kind of hoping for a blowout in game one because if you think that they're going to come back like that, you're going to be able to get a monster price in game two rather than picking it up now. Perfect setup for me is if Boston loses this first game and if they look ugly, you know, if they do what I just mentioned, that angle that goes back almost 20 years in game one of the NBA finals, if they lose by average 10, 12, 13 points in this game, I'm feeling pretty good with a big, nice, juicy underdog price for the series. And you know how it is in playoff handicapping. I don't care if a team gets blown out one game. I might be on in the next game. Uh, These teams are so good that you're not going to see, you know, this big of a difference game in, game out. And there's going to be probably a couple of blowouts along the way. I was at a concert, by the way. I had Golden State. Had a nice playoff run. I had Golden State. I'm at a concert a couple of weeks ago here in Las Vegas at the House of Blues. I grab my phone. I'm looking at my phone like this, checking out scores. And I see a 55-point difference in the score in the third quarter in a game that I had Golden State, and I just automatically assumed Golden State's up by 55. And I, I looked at it, I'm like, oh, cool, just for that split second. I'm like, oh, easy peasy. I look at it again, they're down 55. They go on to win the series. So it's one of the weirdest postseasons where we're seeing teams get totally blasted and come back and win series. And Golden State, and I think this is to their credit in that game, they knew by halftime, early third, they had no chance of winning that basketball game. And you saw the stars of this team getting much less minutes. Why have them out when they're down 40 and they're not going to come back and win and take a chance to lose them for the rest of the series? That adds to these blowouts too this postseason. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It's been a wild postseason when it comes to just the swings. I feel like we've actually struggled to find really close games up to this point. It's been blowout after blowout. It's just the team that got blown out the night before is all of a sudden the team doing the blowing out the next night. And that's how it's been swinging back and forth. That being said, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think if you're looking to take a price on the Warriors in this series, again, you could go over into one of the exact series outcome markets. The four to two, four to three range might be where you're going to want to land on that side. But if you're just looking to take them on a straight up price to win, I think my recommendation would be looking at that stat about the fact that only nine teams have won without covering over the course of the postseason. You're going to want to just bet them on the spread depending and bet them on the spread in game one, and then look to continue to roll that money over into spread bets for the rest of the series. 
obviously it gives you the luxury of you're not just on one bet here. If the spread in game two is just too high, you don't have to take it then. And that might be a better way to try and turn a profit on the series, right? Oh, absolutely agree. I think it's a great way to go if you're, you know, looking at Golden State. And um, I, I don't think you're, it's a situation where, you know, I guess maybe if they split, if Boston does, does come through, like I'm hoping to in game two, lose game one, win game two, then maybe you do some stuff with Golden State at that point. You know, you've lost home court advantage, whatever. But I like what you're saying. Absolutely. That's, that's the way I would go about it. Guys, real quick, I want to talk to you about Sleeper. It's the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry, and now you could win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, just choose any sport, then choose two or more players that you like and pick the over-under. For example, number of points in a basketball game or hits in a baseball game. Then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money that you put in. The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can join my buddies' contests and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friends' picks with a tap of a button. It's insanely fun to ride it out and talk some trash together. So stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. Just make sure to use promo code BETTINGPROS, all one word, and Sleeper will match your deposit up to $100. Again, download Sleeper and then use promo code BETTINGPROS, all one word, when you deposit and make your first pick. I'm going Steph Curry under 27.5 points in Game 1 of the NBA Finals. Terms and conditions apply. See sleeper.com for details. Now let's transition on over to the ice here, Scott, because, again, it is playoff season. And in addition to the NBA Finals here, we've got the Conference Finals for the Stanley Cup race going on right now in the National Hockey League. And we're going to start it off here. The Oilers versus the Avalanche coming up soon. Game 1 the abs they are minus 185 right now the oilers plus 155 on the money line uh where are you looking in this particular game right now well can i first say you learn from your mistakes and i could not believe in that nine to six game uh for edmonton and calgary that the books didn't put a six and a half to start that total they had it at six and a bunch of us hit the over and they scored 15 goals it is extremely rare when you see uh, the books in Vegas or around the world um, come in like that and, and make a little bit of a mistake. And they actually did. So it doesn't happen often, but we try to take advantage when they do and hope to find them when they do. Uh, they did not make the mistake here in this game one battle uh, between the Oilers and Avs. I mean, you look at that total now, I think it's seven just about everywhere. Right before we started doing the podcast, I saw sevens all over the place. This is the perfect example, Thomas, why I'm a night owl when it comes to handicapping and betting. Last night at 1 a.m. Pacific time, you didn't have to worry about seven. It wasn't seven anywhere, I don't think. Maybe one or two books out of the 20 or so that I was looking at, and I jumped in on the over. Now, if it hits seven, obviously you don't lose if that's where it finishes, if that's what you had to end up using as the over. But it's kind of nice to get that, to beat that closing line. And I've said this before, Thomas. I might have said it, you know, on shows I've done with you in the past, uh, that it's a situation where when you're looking at uh, six and a half or seven um, and getting that price, getting ahead of the closing line, it's so important. And the reason I do things at night, I tell people who are kind of new to betting and it's becoming you know, new for a lot of people out there, a lot of younger generations, younger than me, um, but you want to get ahead of the closing line. And I've been doing this for 30 years, basically. And 
I can get ahead of the closing line or line moves 85% of the time. So can anybody who's been doing this as long as I have. And I'm not saying we win 85% of the time. We're really happy with 55% in 11 to win 10 kind of uh, sports bets. But if you can get ahead of that closing line 80, 85% of the time, uh, then it's going to help in your overall winning record and your bankroll. And, you know, that's why I do these things overnight. That's why I got, you know, busy at one o'clock in the morning Pacific time and jumped on this play. So having said that, as far as the series is concerned, I'll tell you right now, Thomas, I, I think the difference makers are Darcy Kemper over, you know, Mike Smith over um, Koskinen, you know, for the Oilers. You've got Darcy Kemper going for the Avs. I think that's going to be a huge advantage. Uh, if you look at what Edmonton has done in this postseason, they averaged almost 38 shots on goal per game so far this postseason, talking about Edmonton. They allow, I should say, I'm sorry, they allow about 38 shots on goal per game in the postseason. Colorado allows about 27 shots on goal per game during this postseason. Look at the shots on goal differential. Colorado plus 128, Edmonton minus 31 in this postseason. You can get away with that if you're Edmonton. When you're playing a team like Calgary, I don't think you could do the same when you're playing a team like the Colorado Avalanche. And if it's going to be Koskinen and Net, I haven't seen a confirmation on goalies. Looks like, I mean, I've seen write-ups on Mike Smith, and it looks like he's possibly going to go tonight, but we don't have any confirmation at the time of doing this podcast. I don't care. Either goalie of those two players that are in net, Edmonton is going to have a tough go of it. I love Edmonton, by the way. Yeah, who, who doesn't? You know, Dreisaitl, uh, McDavid, best one-two combo on the ice. But they're more than that. You've got Duncan Keith. You've got Hyman. You've got Bouchard. And Evander Kane was a terrific addition. Thomas, he's a knucklehead off the ice, but he's outstanding in the right spot in the NHL. He's in the right spot. Uh, so uh, having said all of that, I do think the players I just mentioned are going to help this game one battle get to at least seven, if not more, between the two teams tonight. As far as the series, though, it's got to be Colorado. And I've even been looking around a little bit before this game faces off. I might do something at minus a game and a half. So they have to win four games to two or better. I've been kind of doinking around a little bit, if you will, trying to find a good price on that. I'm I'm in complete agreement with you. Obviously, we got the battle that the NHL wants to see here. You've got McDavid going up against McKinnon, the two best in the game right now that they have, you could argue. But I I agree. The problem with Edmonton, you said that they have so much more, but do they, though? Do (laughs) they? They they, they have that amazing one-two punch. They have a Vander Kane, but the lines start to get weak once you get past that. I feel like this team is just so top-heavy whereas the Avalanche are just able to beat you over and over again. They look absolutely ridiculous. I don't know that Edmonton can take a game in Colorado in this series. Like you said, looking at a minus one and a half game price in the series is probably somewhere that I'd be inclined to go as well. I, I, I'm honestly going to have a small ticket. I'm going to go place it right after this on an Avalanche sweep. It's going to be a small price, maybe half a unit. I'm not looking to take them on a full unit because hockey has way too much variance. But this team is good enough to sweep a team like the Oilers, especially when you're going through the Mike Smith experience, if they are. Yeah, and I was going to say, I've seen both goalies mentioned, but if it's Mike Smith, I mean, come on. He, he, you know, they did a great job at beating Markstrom, no doubt about it. But Markstrom, a very good goalie. I don't think he can do the same against this Avs team. I mean, they're, you know, another level higher than, than obviously they played in Calgary. So you get Kemper and goal and a guy with that experience, and you're not going to beat him like they did 
uh, in that last series against Markstrom. And listen, if Mike Smith, if he has to stop 35 to 40 goals per game, I, I just think it's forget about it. And I, I happen to agree. I, I think you're uh, to sweep is not a bad way to go. I'm probably going to be a little bit wimpy and do the uh, minus a game and a half in the series on Colorado, but I do like your sweep bet too. Uh, th- that's definitely a much more aggressive play. And in terms of the actual bankroll and putting more units on it, I'm going to go more conservative. I'm going to be right. the same way you are looking at that minus a game and a half market because I could see this very easily being a four one. I might look at that exact as well on a little more of an aggressive play guys real quick. Remember when you're looking for free picks and sports betting advice, bettingpros.com has you covered with tips from over 150 experts to make it easy for you to cash out. Download the app to get sports betting alerts. You'll get notified of favorable bets based on line movements, consensus picks from the most accurate experts and vetted systems in play. Betting Pros monitors all of the major sports books, most accurate experts, and top systems to identify the best betting opportunities. So download today in the Apple or Google Play stores. Before we move on to the other series here, the Lightning versus the Rangers, there's another thing that you mentioned I really want to touch on, and that is watching for overnight lines. Yep. It's important to remember, bookmakers, they're human too. It's not all done by a computer these days still. And one of the things is that you can find better numbers on the overnight line before everybody else is up and betting it and moving the market around. Granted, you can't quite get as down, get down as much money. They put some more limits on you. You can't go in and be making a bet for a higher limit than they, than they allow and getting it approved because there's no one there to approve it in the middle of the night. Yeah. But with mobile betting, every book is a 24-hour book now. And that's something that new bettors really should be watching out for. If you want to get the best price on numbers, a lot of the times that is going to be those overnight lines before everybody wakes up in the morning and starts moving it. Absolutely. And you're right. I mean, you have to pick and choose what books you go to. If you get a reputation at a book and anywhere in the country, around the world, whatever, um, there are some books out there who, if you do get a reputation, they do want to see where your action is going to be. They want to see that before everybody else jumps in and then they want to make adjustments accordingly. But for the most part, betting overnight means a little bit less as far as your you know limits are concerned. And then you got to turn around a lot of times and you got to be up bright and early in the morning if you want to bet more and try to get those just as they're starting to move. Um, And and that's tough to do. I get it. This is all I do for a living. I've been doing this for 30 years. So, you know, my uh, circadian rhythm, if you will, is used to having weird sleeping hours, getting up after a few hours, looking at the lines again, doing a little bit more and then uh, getting back at it late the night before. But you do find some, uh, you know, you get burned sometimes. too. I'll give you a perfect example tonight. Thomas, I mean, I sit here and, you know, you talk about, oh, I can be ahead 80, 85% of the time against the closing line. I jumped on the Las Vegas Aces in WNBA play for tonight. I laid four and a half last night. It's down to as low as three and a half right now. So there's one, you know, hats off to the books. They, they beat me on that one when it came to the, uh, the, the closing line and where it went from the opener. And, but again, fortunately, we've been doing this for so long that 10 to 15% of the time is all you get beat on those line moves. That's completely right. Uh, obviously, if you're going to make a bet, you're you're thinking that the line is going to move one way. It can move completely against you. Sometimes you miss on that. But 85% closing line value. If I had a trophy case for all the closing <laughs> line value that we've had that didn't hit, I would need a much bigger place than my tiny apartment, I will tell you there that. There you go. <laughs> now, the other series here, last one we want to get to, the Lightning versus the Rangers, the Battle of Floridians versus the people who retire there. The Lightning are minus 175 to win this series. The Rangers plus 150 here. 
Is this the best goalie battle that we are going to have in these playoffs here? Because you've got Vasilevsky, who has been just an absolute animal. And Shesterkin on the other side here for the Rangers, he's been playing out of his mind as well. Are these the two best goalies that we're going to see? I think so. Best battle, because I don't think you're going to find that out West. You can throw Kemper into the mix, I guess, with the two guys you just mentioned. And, of course, if you're looking to put history on your side, jump on Vasilevsky if he loses, right? Um, he, he just comes back in the postseason off a loss and wins. Uh, Chesterkin, as far as, you know, I like to call him Igor, uh, Igor Vesna, uh, but what he did the last two games was tremendous. I didn't think he'd come out and hold Carolina to two goals on Carolina ice. And I really thought if he does, Carolina's probably going to win that game two to one. Uh, so hats off to the Rangers. Gerard Gallant's really good at this, man. He, he's really good in his first season or two of taking a team, a young team, putting a few veterans in the mix, getting a good goaltender and going out there and getting them deeper than anybody expected them to do before the season began. That's Gerard Gallant in a nutshell. Now out here in Vegas, that's what he did. We saw first year then the Stanley Cup Finals. It, kind of a similar type of approach. Uh, you had a really good banger. You had a really good enforcer to keep guys off of your star players. He's got that with Reeves, who he teamed up with again after having him out here in Vegas. You've got a tremendous proven goalie in Shesterkin, just like you had with Marc-Andre Fleury. you got guys who score goals. Everybody knows their role on this Rangers team, and everybody buys in to what they're supposed to be doing. However, and I'm going to keep with that, uh, that little bit of a, of, a, of a look back to what he did with Vegas and the similarities. I think Tampa Bay is the New York Rangers, Washington Capitals to the Las Vegas Golden Knights from a couple of years ago. And I, this team's just too powerful on defense for, I think, the Rangers to be able to make up for any potential mistakes that maybe Shesterkin makes. And there won't be a lot, but he might make a, 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 he might let a goal slip by or two that he shouldn't. He's done that a little bit in the postseason. And then all of a sudden you're fighting from behind against this team that knows how to get it done. They're, you know, we just talked about the Golden State Warriors and everything they did in the NBA and have done the last several years and all that experience. I really thought Tampa Bay's potential series loss was going to be that series against Toronto going into that. And I made a few little bets on Toronto to win that series in different ways. They didn't get the job done. Tampa proved again they're still as hungry as they've been the last couple of years. And I think they're just going to be too tough. And again, when you look at Vasilevsky and what he can do off a loss, he's just that ultimate slump buster uh, between the pipes for this team. And I don't think the Rangers are going to be able to get over the top against them. You know, the thing about Carolina, they just can't win on the road. And it finally caught up to them at home in a game seven. You know, Tampa Bay's dangerous no matter where they play, whether it's a frozen pond or a homer away on ice, they're going to get the job done. So, you know, I don't think it's going to be a sweep by any means. I think the Rangers can win two games, but I like Tampa Bay to win this four games to two. Our own bettingpros.com, Tony Sartori, broke down the series in an article today. You guys can check it out now. He actually likes the Rangers to win the series here. He's got the value with them, but I'm still a little bit skeptical because, and I know it's it's bad handicapping. It's bad <laughs> handicapping to be going into human emotion and trying to guess how the players are going to be feeling, but you are, you are dealing with, and it is going to be a factor that the Lightning swept the Panthers. They've had eight days off. Whereas the Rangers are coming into this one, they just had to battle through a tough series. They just had a game seven. They've only had one day's rest. Mm -hmm. And moving into the uh, moving into the opening game here, the Lightning are minus 130 in our betting pros consensus line. The Rangers plus 110. 
Do you think that the Rangers might just come out looking a little bit sharper and that the lightning will be a little slow in game one as they get going again? I, I could definitely see that argument and, you know, I can't find a lot of fault with it. The only wrench in that system, I think, is the fact that the lightning have done it so often. Yeah. I mean, they know how to do it. You know, they know how to get the job done, uh, whether they're up in a series, down in a series, kicking off a series with a bunch of rest or not. Uh, but that's what keeps me from jumping in a lightning in game one. So, you know, it, it, you got two ways to look at it. You could say, oh, the Rangers just had to win a game six and a game seven with game seven on road ice. And so they've just come off this hugely intense series where they had to face elimination twice and came through with wins and obviously both of those games. And you got Tampa Bay who, you know, for lack of a better term, skated through their series against Florida. They cruised. And so you can look at it that way too, saying that, you know, Tampa not only knows how to win cups, but, and they've been through every scenario, uh, you know, but they should have that, that factor of being able to get ready, even though they've been off for eight days. There's a lot of people that are jumping on first period bets against them, by the way, that I've talked to because they think they're going to be a little bit rusty. I just don't know if the Rangers can hold that little bit of an advantage through an entire three periods based off the fact they just played two elimination games and haven't had hardly any time to get over that. So again, because of what you just said, and I can't disagree with it, that's what keeps me from making a decent sized plays on Tampa Bay in game one. And that's something that we're going to say again and again on this podcast. If people have been listening for a while, first off, thank you. And second off, you don't have to bet every game. The biggest advantage that we have as bettors over the book is that the book has to put up a line on every single game. You have the luxury of saying, you know what? I'm not going to bet this one. For me, this is one of those stay away games where there are a few too many factors in it that I'm like, I don't have a clear picture about what's going to happen. I don't have a clear feeling. So I don't have to take a position here. Oh, I agree. That's like, you know, the game we talked about first, the, uh, the, uh, the Western Conference battle between the Oilers and Avs. I'm not messing with the side there. You know, I kind of want to see what happens. I like the over. I do think it's going to be a you know seven to nine goal game combined. But I'm like you. I, I don't want to jump in on game one yet. I want to see what happens. And I'm that way in a lot of NHL postseason series going back many, many years. A lot of times I completely stay away from game one. I like to see what happens and then look at how the matchups are. Look and see if there's any flukiness to it. You know, if the Rangers come out and totally dominate Tampa Bay and Tampa Bay's rusty, and that's the main reason the Rangers get it done, well, I'll be coming back the other way with Tampa Bay in all likelihood, knowing they'll make the, the adjustments and knowing that they're no longer rusty in game two. So like you, Thomas, when it comes to the NHL, man, I sit out a lot of game ones when it comes to the sides. Especially like we said with variants in hockey, games can yeah. be really fluky right that. It's important. It's important to watch out for that. Now, there are, of course, four teams left here. The Avalanche are still the betting favorite at plus $1.20. Lightning right behind them at $2.20 as the second favorites to hoist the cup. Then you got the Oilers at five fifty and the Rangers at six fifty. I feel like if, if you want the Avs, your your price has long sailed. There, there, there is no value to be betting here. With the Lightning, am I wrong to assume, and this might be a stupid question here, you might be better off looking at them taking this series price as a favorite and then coming back on them as the dog in the series against the avalanche, assuming that's what we get in the final. If you wanted to bet on the lightning. Yeah, that's what I would do. If I was going to, you know, if I'm on the lightning side here, that's exactly what I do. I think you nailed it right on the head. You know, as far as, you know, if you wanted, if you absolutely just want to have some entertainment fun and you're like, I just want to play some money on a team right now to win the cup. You know, my, my recommendation would be to back Colorado, if you don't mind laying all that juice or whatever, you know, more than other teams. 
because I think Colorado has a much better chance of getting there than Tampa Bay or the Rangers, obviously, with that being what should be a little bit harder of a battle for those two teams. But what you just said, I, I absolutely agree with the way you said it. If you like the lightning, that's the way to go. And um, and that's what I would do. I, I, I'm not real big at this point of a postseason of jumping on uh, teams when it comes to conference finals, whether it be the NBA or the NHL, as far as making futures, I'm more of a game by game guy. And that's what I'll be looking to do in these two games, in these two series. Want to track all of your wagers in one place? Check out the Betting Pros Pick Tracker at bettingpros.com slash pick tracking. It syncs up with your sports books to tally which picks hit, which miss, and gives you a live look at what the public is doing so you can use real-time tracking to determine which plays to make and which to fade. Get on the leaderboard and quickly become a sharp by using the free advice we offer at bettingpros.com slash pick tracking. Scott, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Real quick, you had your best NBA season ever. Is that correct this year? It was. Um, We had a season like this in the late 90s, and it's crazy. And I know, you know, this doesn't sound great to the people who are new to your podcast or new to sports betting in general, but we hit 62% uh, since, gosh, I'm going to say the second week of October, we've hit 62% through the playoffs up until right now, game one of the NBA finals, 109 and 67. So, you know, those betting just a hundred bucks a unit are up over a little over 15,000. So listen, I'm real happy when I hit 55% for a season on 11 to win 10 bets. So this has been tremendous. All I can say real quickly to like give people a reason to why, you know, besides luck, you have to have luck to hit 62%. But one of the things I did before this season, remember when we were tipping off this NBA season, there were still a lot of COVID issues when it came to players, coaches, things like that, uh, you know, catching COVID. And so I didn't want to get caught with a four-play card or a three-play card day in, day out, find out at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, two hours before tip-off West Coast time, find out that I was going to be missing a couple of star players. And I thought, you know what, i got to limit that liability a little bit. And so what I did – I've basically been almost one play per day. I bet you I've averaged like 1.4 plays per day in the NBA if I went back and looked at all the days that I bet. And I didn't want to get, again, caught up in a chance of losing players late afternoon that just tested positive for COVID after shoot-arounds. Wasn't going to let that happen. So I, I went down to one, one and a half, again, on average games per day, and it worked. And, of course, I did need the luck factor. Now, in the postseason, uh, we've gone 26 and 13, Thomas. And again, I'm I'm knocking on wood. And I've said to my circle of handicappers and betters, I said, man, I wish I could bottle this for next season because it starts all over that next season and you got to do it all over again. And you could be scratching your head just as much as you are celebrating a good season. So we'll just keep battling out and hope it keeps going that way. I appreciate you mentioning that because, uh, boy, it's been a fun ride, this uh, 2021-22 campaign. Now, people can find you on Twitter at Scott Wins, but if they want to follow along with all the action, where's the best place to find all your work? Uh, DocSports.com is where I'm at exclusively. DocSports.com. We do a lot of podcasts, a lot of videos almost daily, uh, all that kind of good stuff. Scott Wins, I want to mention at Twitter. I, I like to tell people I'm not being cocky. It's because nobody, including myself, basically can spell my last name. So we just made it Scott Wins when the Twitterverse was new. Uh, but yeah, DocSports.com is where I'm at exclusively. There we go. Scott, once again, thank you so much. Again, follow him at Scott Wins. You can follow me on Twitter at TV at work. 
Guys, it has been a pleasure. Best of luck on all of your bets for the NBA Finals, the NHL Semifinals, and of course, the Stanley Cup Beyond. And be sure to tune in later on this week. I am very excited. We are sitting down with David Purdom of ESPN to talk about Black Swan events and the future of bookmaking. It's going to be a fantastic conversation. So stay tuned for that, and we'll see you next episode.